five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Okay, a little journey there, a little trip. Straighten out the old hair. Here we go. Uh, no trains to heaven, Bebop Deluxe. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, that's what we just listened to. If you're on the live stream or you're on Rumble, which has a video documentation of the show, you'll be able to hear the track because we are streaming live on Rumble simultaneously um one of my favorite songs of all time i feel like i need to give that train a little more love there no trains to heaven i remember when i discovered that as a teen you know when you're a teen in the 70s you're you're looking for that uh that track that has the guitar solo that sends you straight into the stratosphere right the standard of course being stairway to heaven and of course, this is kind of a play on that, right? You have Stairway to Heaven and Bebop Deluxe coming back. Well, well there's no trains to heaven. But Bill Nelson is going to just shred on that guitar and, and kind of uh, do his best to outdo Jimmy Page in his, in his own way. Right? So when I heard that as a kid, I'm like, my God, I got I to gotta get this album. And it's the second album, I believe, by Bebop Deluxe. Maybe it's the first, unless you count the first Bill Nelson record. But um, a very interesting band, a band that I, I really, really like. They're, nobody else sounds like Bebop Deluxe. They're kind of futuristic. They're kind of, at times, ragtimey. They have some ragtime signatures. Um, they're incredibly melodic at times. Um, they change from album to album. They're really a very adventurous group and by the time bill nelson is sort of done he's the guitar player uh, by the time he's done with bebop deluxe he's moving into this group called red noise where he's doing all this really kind of mechanistic um electronic kind of um you know cyber kind of prog funk rock really interesting stuff uh, so I'm a I'm a big fan of the band and that song in particular, and I you know I always try to find a song that matches the theme of the show. And I thought, well, you know, I could play "Train Kept a Rolling." There's so many versions of "Train Kept a Rolling," and that's an easy go-to. And I don't normally play a song that's six minutes long. I try to get in somewhere between two and four, two and a half and four minutes, so that we can drop into the show, but. I really like that tune uh, because Bill Nelson just shreds and the visuals are interesting. I know 
it's a little disturbing with the skull and the guitar, but that's the album cover. And that's the name of the album called Axe Victim. Of course, um, Axe being um, the uh, uh, pseudonym, right? The name for the guitar. So I liked, I love the fact that they were juxtaposing, whoever did the video, props to whoever did the video, juxtaposed, juxtaposing the, the neck of the guitar with railway tracks. And God, it looks like I have smoke coming out of my head. It's so weird. <laughs> you know what I could do? This was the second train image I was going to use. And um, I might change it up a little bit here. Let me do something. You know, there is part of me that is a bit of a perfectionist, believe it or not. So if I don't really like something... I can change it a bit in real time, which I am about to do. Oh, look at that. That's better, isn't it? Yeah, you get more train, less of me, right? If I move more, if I move more this way, you'll get even more of this glorious old train. Look at that. There we go. Now I'm sharing the screen with uh, this great, great steel steel and steam dragon what a time huh holy shit i go away for a couple days and the next thing i know i'm unpacking a nicholas cage movie you ever seen knowing it kind of feels like where we are and i don't even i don't even honestly i don't even know where to begin i really you know you, you take two or three days off and I don't really even know where to begin because there's so much to unpack, but I'm going to do my best here over the course of the next hour plus. I might even add some time today since we have um, so much ground to cover, but I want to welcome you uh, to the show. And uh, if you've come over from the Astro weather, thanks for being here. And anybody new that's uh, a part of 15 minutes of flame. Uh, welcome. Appreciate you being here. Uh, we have a little business that we always take care of at the beginning of the show, and that is, of course, giving props to True Hemp Science, who is the sponsor of the show. And uh, I was talking about how I'm going to start to incorporate this biosilica, bioactive silica. I had about an hour conversation with Chris. He's working on a number of different things, and uh, we covered the, the bioactive silica. And he says that it is, and of course, he's not a doctor, so we don't want to make any medical claims above and beyond his normal pedigree, but he believes, and I'll use the word believe, that the addition of bioactive silica to distilled water can have a, a fairly positive impact on high blood pressure. So I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to follow his instructions. I'm going to get into the bioactive silica protocol, and I'm going to chart my blood pressure. I have one of those machines. I'm always in denial of it, but I have one of those machines. I'm going to I'm going to chart my blood pressure, and we're going to we're going to line it up with um, some bioactive silica, and let's see how this works over the next two to three weeks. And I'll be I'll be honest, okay? I'll be honest with the results here. And I'm, uh, and I hope it actually works out really, really well. 
So in addition to the bioactive silica, of course, there's a whole host of hemp products. Love the gummies. The gummies are my uh, nighttime companion. Sleep with the gummies. Um, so I have one of these, the 100 milligram, 5 milligram THC, 50 uh, count uh, full spectrum hemp extract, 5,000 milligram jar. So you get 5,000 milligrams in the jar. Good stuff. And then we have the 1,500 milligram jar, right? 30 count. So these are all really, really uh, powerful additions to your lifestyle, especially when it comes to sleep. Chris also has a great fulvic in ocean minerals supplement, as well as all of his other CBD stuff. So all you got to do is go to truehempscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23 and uh, type in 15MNS. 15MINS, that's 15 mins upon checkout. You do that, you'll get free product. $150 or more gets you free shipping. So there you go. All right, let's check in with Chataria. Chataria. I say Chataria. How are we doing today? Let's see who's here. We got DJ MC. What's going on? Miguel Tomas. Thomas Jordan is here. What's going on, TJ? Always good to see you. Um, SP Dimples. Hi, SP. Kelly B. Happy V-Day. Oh, shout out to uh, my friend, Lee Walters. Happy birthday, Lee. Meeting Lee was a very interesting experience and kind of a life-changing one, actually, now that I think about it. And this kind of dovetails into the show. So this is back in, I think, 1993. And I was at a one of these uh, psychic new age fairs. And at that time, I was selling music. And I had um, very interesting music that I was selling, um, electronic music a genre called ethno ambient, which is a combination of like ambient music, and tribal music, um, a little bit of soft industrial stuff. So that was, that was, those were the genres that I was in, the, I was selling them. And I had, and this connects some dots here. Um, I had a video that I was also selling. It was videos, it wasn't DVDs back then. And the video was alien dream time. And uh, it was a production by, uh, uh, Ken and Ken originally from uh, Austin, Texas, and went by Rose X. And the video was a combination of videotaping Terrence live, Terrence McKenna live. That's what this was about. It was a two night event. It was Terrence McKenna, my buddy Stephen Kent, and a guy by the name of Jonah Sharp who went by space-time continuum. And so they were doing this very interesting kind of live event where Terrence was reading from his work. And then Stephen was playing didgeridoo. And then uh, Jonah Sharp was uh, doing all these electronics and uh, laying down these beats. And he, Jonah Sharp was really, really talented. I remember being at the I-Beam one night, I think it was probably maybe about, I don't know, a year, maybe about a year before that. And there was this group there that went to go see called Bourbonese Qualk. 
uh, me and a buddy. And this guy, Jonah Sharp, also known as Space Time Continuum, op opened up. And I saw what he was doing. And he was mixing all these things, not, not from like turntables, but he was sampling and doing all this stuff and programming and sequencing in real time. He had like a a small flashlight in his mouth and he was and i'm really good at spotting talent and i thought to myself this motherfucker is really good he's really good and so i talked to him and i thought you know i'd like to start a label and you know maybe i could get this guy to make some records for me and launch this thing and i think he wanted like three thousand dollars because he wanted to get his his equipment it was like it was kind of broken and he was doing things that, that were much more difficult that night and so he wanted some money and I didn't have $3,000 to give him in advance. And he was going to put out some, uh, some 12 inch singles based on that. And of course, you know, I could theoretically press them and there's a lot of cost involved in that. But uh, I was, I was, um, I was right. He got eventually, he got signed to Astral Works, which was a sub label of Caroline records. And then he winds up doing this alien Dreamtime thing. Um, a little over, I think about a year later. And so anyway, um, Rosex video makes this records everything and does all these interesting and unique visuals on top of what Terrence is doing in the music. And, and uh, so I, I was playing this video at the over and over again. And it's some pretty provocative imagery. Like, I think there's a woman in the video who is, um, shown i think dancing naked but she's not like in a, a straight video capture it's like it's not just a recording of a woman who in the flesh so there's effects and everything so you see this kind of psychedelicized woman doing this very sensual undulating and then my friend lee comes by and she sees the video and we start talking and uh she wasn't my friend at the time and she was just somebody who came to my booth and then I think she invited me to her, and in fact, I know she invited me to her birthday party, which was the following, uh, it, it was like about a week out from there. It was on February 14th. So I didn't even know this person, but I like I liked this person. So I went to her birthday party and I got introduced to um, a lot of her friends. And that was a really pivotal relationship in my life because I'd become friends with Lee over the years. And then she would uh, wind up booking these booth spaces for the whole life expo and that's why she was there ostensibly was to find people that she could get to buy booth space so she's pretty smart and so she saw me as being both a a, a vendor and a friend so I, I fit in this interesting notch and over the years she wound up getting me um space to do other things and uh, that would be like reading tarot cards as i made a shift from doing things for other people and selling their music to doing my own thing. And she played a role in that. She helped me, uh, you know, get the requisite booth space. She would invite me to go to the, um, uh, presenter parties at the whole life expo. And then I would read tarot at the presenter parties. And so by doing that, I'd get my booth space for free and it was a really good deal. Right. So, um very pivotal relationship in my life so happy birthday lee i uh, hope you're having a good one um let's see sp dimple says had the feeling i might be forgetting something today until i realized it's showtime baby fran is here what's going on fantastic 
Erica E making the migration over here to 15 minutes. Good to see you, Double E. Uh, Gort must destroy clown world. Gort, not Barada Nikto. I love it. Welcome, Gort. Catherine Wowie here now. Right on. Good to see you, Catherine Wowie. Please show photos of Peachy. I'll do a little photo thing with Peachy. She's, we had a little setback with Peachy over the weekend. We, we opened the door, we brought her down, and Jasper hissed at her. The hoary old goat. Twice. She retreated, went back upstairs, hit under the bed. So the integration with Peachy is, is uh, it's going to take longer. So I've, I've had to kind of rebuild the trust factor and go back upstairs and hang out with her and pet her. She's a lovely little cat, but she's really, really spooked. She's got that kind of spooked vibe. So I'll keep you uh, apprised. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, have some uh, Peaches photos tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Beth Berry's here. What's going on, Double B? Good to see you, Garden Girl. Happy Valentine's Day back at you. I'm seeing Mercury squaring the nodes. Decisions based on higher mission or what's old and dead. Hmm. Lynn is here. Oh, hola, 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 Lynn. A big heart hug to you as well. IAA Chernobyl 2.0. Yeah, we had a little bit of... It's a really interesting discussion. I'll get into that. I was um, having a conversation with Benito last night. Chris Benito, I always want Benito's um, insights from Train World because he's really good at kind of understanding what that world is about, having spent 10 years working um, in the rail, rail, railroad world, the railways. So I'll share some of my conversation that I had with him last night. Uh, let's see, just bought a new car. Uh, we just spend bucks on a car. I don't need a Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, just get a new car. That's all you got to do. That's 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 not being uh, over, overly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, over, that's not, that that's really tampering your expectations. Just get a new car. Nicholas Graham, speaking of car, he's driving. He's driving and listening. Good to see you, Nicholas. There's Bo. What's going on, brother Bo? Yes, the railing reality. We have a lot. Of, we have a lot of ground to cover. Rocky's here. Hi, Rocky. User thirteen. Sometimes I buy myself flowers to brighten up the place for Valentine's. Not a bad thing. Sometimes just buying flowers to brighten, not on Valentine's, is a good thing to do. There he is. The aforementioned Benito, the shadow, the shadow knows. No trains to heaven. Oh, good Lord, that's frighteningly appropriate. Yes, indeed. Lisa W., what's going on, Lisa W.? I have seen two maps that show it will affect Western North Carolina. Oh, you're downstream from it, aren't you? Uh, let's see. Robert always finds the right song. I do my best, Fran. I do my best. Gigi, giving us some warm sunshine vibes. 
from Florida. Good to see you. Highway to hell and stairway to heaven. Yes. There's the juxtaposition. Must say this song is mixing strangely with my neighbor playing the piano. <laughs> oh man, that's some, that is some real-time mash. You got a piano playing wailing neighbor with bebop deluxe shredding in the background. Welcome to the age of Aquarius. Um, I'm blocked from commenting on YT chat, GG Abby Lynn, not sure why. I'm not sure either. Maybe um, maybe one of the mods, maybe uh, maybe Tom or or um, Ryan. Maybe Tom could try to figure that out. He's good at that. Let's see who else do we have. Hey, we have Mich uh, we have Christine. What's going on, Christine? Cremo. Cremo, what's going on, Christine? Good to see you. Yes, the American Chernobyl. Harriet Bowie. It's Taria here, Landa there. Good to see you, Harriet. There's my man, Steve. Double K, Catherine Kramer. She's checking in. Scrubbies, always with the roll call. Nice to see you, Tamara. Uh, who else? Do I leave anybody out? Katie. Hi, Katie. Hello, Katie. Let's see. Any new names? Chris and Steve are here. I just shut down the site again and start again. That was the, that was weird. Maybe they didn't like me using Google for the derailment map. Steve is a big Bill Nelson fan. I wonder if Steve missed Bill Nelson. I think you might have missed it, Steve. Might have come in late. No, dude, for Valentine's Day, I'll take her car. Why not? And finally, Sea Pines in 1992, a train derailed here, spilling 22 gallon, 22,000 gallons of benzene into a river. The second gen is still getting cancer. Oh, my God. All right, let's try to unpack this. So where are we? We're at 29 Capricorn. This is the second transit of the U.S. Pluto return with the third to come later um, this summer, early fall, the final transit of Pluto at 27 degrees. And Benito and I were talking last night and we were, we were bouncing off this uh, Chernobyl event. And Chernobyl is a really interesting event from a number of uh, perspectives. Number one, it's the, it's the end of the Soviet Union, right? It is symbolic that that system is about to melt down. The, you know, it's gonna, the core is about to drop on the uh, Soviet Union. That's, that's, to me, that is the message of Chernobyl, right? It's only, it's only four years after Chernobyl that uh, the gig is up and the game is over and they're, they're you know, releasing all these countries that have been under Soviet rule for a very long time and then 
going through a, a reformatting of their whole economics structure, governance, uh, you know, the, the weird phase from um, Yeltsin to Putin, right? That all happens. Uh, but at that time, Gorbachev is the head of the Soviet Union. So that's, to me, that's what Chernobyl is about, right? And what we're seeing now is very reminiscent of Chernobyl. Here, it's, we're, we're at the second phase of the Pluto return. We're also dealing with Pluto and Capricorn at 29 degrees, and it's the end, right? We are at the end of this kind of vertical push, and the, the 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 rampant rise of everything that we've seen with these Capricornian structures, from government to business, you know, today over on the Astro Weather, I talked about uh, Jimmy Hoffa, who helped build the Teamsters into one of the most powerful union slash mobs um, on the planet. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa was really. Um, something else man that guy was singular tenacious um ruthless and and yet you know he, in a lot of ways he's very symbolic of the type of characters that that theoretically built this country you know and you'll find them across all these different uh platforms and all these different sectors of society the people that are cutthroat ruthless uh, and doing their best to have theoretically other people's needs met and their own at the same time. Although you'll find that more in Hoffa, who's an Aquarian. Uh, so what we're seeing is the end of that, right? We, we're coming to the end of that, of that Plutonian or that Capricornian rise of hierarchies and structures. And so now everything's beginning to collapse. You know, especially here in this country, and we're seeing all these trains uh, get, you know, either derail, derailed by, and there's a lot of different areas that we can go into. So one of the things that Benito and I talked about last night, he, again, he's got some great insight into how a lot of these things happen. So we looked at this thing where there was this um, wheel that was sparking and on fire. And if there's a very different um, outcome of that wheel, if it's on the locomotive versus on one of the cars. So if it's on the locomotive, what happens? And they, this, this will happen. Um, it's called slippage. And there's actually a thing that alerts the, uh, uh, the engineer, right? The guy who's driving the, the locomotive it alerts him that there's something going on and that they need to pay attention to this slippage, but it only can occur here in the, the actual uh, locomotive itself. If they're going to have something happen back here on one of the cars, it's not going to register in the same way. So we know now that the, what happened over here and this, axle and this wheel sparking and being on fire does not fall into this camp had it fallen into this camp then there would have been like a fail safe like it would have shown 
that this thing is happening and you have to actually reduce the speed of the train right now the thing with trains is that they're generally not going to stop you know they're 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 like they're like truckers only there's no stop like if you're a truck driver and you have some you have a sensor in your engine that says hey look you know you better pull over or else you're going to be in trouble down down the road here it, it, it there's not there's not the obstacles to do that. You can, you can hit a truck stop. You can hit a Walmart, you can hit a rest stop, right? And you pull over. You, this doesn't happen with trains. And there's so much stress and pressure on getting to a destination with a train. They'll, they'll just say, fuck it. I'll take my chances, right? I'll take my chances. So when I was talking with Benito, I found that this is more common than not when it comes to this world and this is just one train and we had a derailment in uh just north of houston i think in a place called splendora there was another one in south carolina there was another one in tennessee right so there are all these things that are happening now this one in palestine uh east palestine ohio is terrible and the weird thing about it is that it happened on February 3rd. And we're not talking about it until 10 days later, really. I mean, that's how, that's how good they are at blacking out news. There was a 10-day blackout on this thing. And now it's just starting to go a bit viral. Well, more than a bit, it's going viral now. 10-day blackout. Think about that. And there were people that knew that there, was, there were Reddit threads or 4chan threads, and they were talking about it over there. It wasn't really penetrating very much outside of those worlds. The mainstream media still hasn't really addressed it. The Biden administration hasn't addressed it. And how, and how they dealt with this thing is mind-blowing. So... Let me see if I can pull some of this stuff up with uh, the East Palestine thing. No, I'm not a robot. At least I don't think I am. Select all images with cars. Okay. All right. So there's that. Let me let me fire up this other one. Give me one sec. I'm looking for the uh, the wheel stuff. This is from the uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Footage uh, showing a fiery axle 20 miles before East Palestine train derailment raises questions about alert timing. The Norfolk Southern train, this is uh, Anya Litvak. She writes for the uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 
the Norfolk Southern train that derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. I guess it's Palestine. Interesting name, huh? Last week, setting aflame tankers of hazardous chemicals and prompting an evacuation of thousands of residents for almost a week. I had traveled at least 20 miles with a malfunctioning axle, according to security camera footage from businesses in Salem, Ohio. 8.12 p.m. on February 3rd, the southbound freight train passed by Butech Bliss, an industrial equipment manufacturer in Salem. One car, a few dozen behind the first locomotive, glowed brightly on the bottom as it passed. So this is not the, uh, the hot box on the wheels of the locomotive. A minute later, a mile, and a mile down the track, a camera at a meat processing plant called Freshmark captured the same fiery axle. The National Transportation Safety Board, which is leading the investigation into the derailment, said it believes a mechanical issue with one of the rail car axles is responsible for the accident. Board member Michael Graham said at a press conference on February 4th that the train crew had gotten an alert shortly before the derailment indicating the mechanical issue and started to apply the brakes. So let's play this video, see if we can see some of this. Oh, come on, you're going to play? Doesn't look like it wants to play. All right. On the railroad tracks in front of Freshmark, there was an instrument called the hot box detector. This is what Benito was talking about, which scans the temperature of the passing train axles to ensure they're not overheated. If the device finds a problem, a defect detection alert sounds over the train radio. Detecting a defect so hot that would appear to be on fire would require the crew to stop the train immediately and inspect the problem, said Scott Wilcox, a retired Norfolk Southern engineer who worked on the Fort Wayne line where trains travel between Chicago and the big rail yard in the Beaver County town of Conway. Hot box detectors are typically spaced every 10 to 20 miles apart, Mr. Wilcox said. In this particular track, the next detector after Salem was in East Palestine. The train would have passed that one less than a, passed that one less than a mile before derailing on February 3rd. If the train crew heard an alert shortly before breaking, it is likely the warning came from the detector in East Palestine. Mm. The 20 miles between Salem and East Palestine are mostly rural with few towns along the way. The derailment occurred just as the train was passing through a town with a population of about 5,000 people. Part of its catastrophic impact, the evacuations, the danger of toxic chemicals leaking and burned off in the wreck and subsequent controlled fire is because of its location. Investigators are now examining what happened when the train with its axle on fire passed through the detector in Salem, 20 miles and more than an hour before arriving in East Palestine. So what were they doing? Were they doing about 15 miles an hour? Hmm. It is 18 years with the railroad. Mr. Wilcox. Oh, somebody's calling me. Um. In his 18 years with the railroad, Mr. Wilcox said he had only a handful of wayside detector alerts that required the train to stop and be inspected. 
The alerts are automated recordings that play at each detector. If no defect is found, the message says so. If there is a problem, the message broadcasts which side and what number axle the crew should inspect. For an overheating alert, the protocol calls for the train to stop. For the con conductor to touch a waxy stick to the suspected defect to see if it melts wax, explained Dan Cupper, another retired Norfolk Southern locomotive engineer. A train the length and weight of the 140-car chain that derailed in East Palestine would likely take a mile or a little more to come to a stop, he guessed. Defect alerts are also monitored by the train dispatcher, who would likely be in touch with the conductor upon hearing about a hot wheel, he asked. If it's not working, you will get a message saying the detector is not working, Mr. Wilcox said. If that message gets to the dispatcher's office, they immediately send somebody out day or night. Jennifer Gabris, a spokesman, a spokesperson, I mean, if we're playing the gender game, right? Who knows? Maybe she identifies as a spokesman. For the National Transportation Safety Board, said on Thursday, investigators will check all the alarms and detectors to determine if they were or were not functioning properly. The agency is expected to release its preliminary findings within about 30 days. Wow. Now, these people are in, pardon my language, a fucking world of hurt. It's really bad. Really, really bad. Now, back in the old days, when Ivy Lee Ledbetter was running PR for the Rockefellers and the Gettys and all the robber barons, they would get out ahead of these uh, events, right? And they would issue press releases and they would do everything in their power to make sure that the uh, people that were offended or transgressed by these industrial calamities and, and uh, these accidents that have an impact in their community, at the very least, the optics were there to provide an opportunity to showcase the care that the Rockefellers or the Gettys or whomever might have for the people that were uh, damaged, like their lives were damaged during whatever kind of catastrophe that occurred because of some, you know, oversight or um, greed or corruption or whatever, whatever caused people to do something that they would either work too hard, overwork, um, you know, not follow a certain protocol because by following that protocol, it would take up more time. Time is money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So they had to go out and demonstrate that they gave a shit and that they would do things in order to compensate families that were uh, theoretically victimized by whatever happened. Well, this is a modern uptake of it, but it's a bad one and a sad one. People in East Palestine got $1,000 inconvenience checks. Norfolk Southern is offering victims of East Palestine trail derailment $1,000. It's beyond insulting. These people's lives are permanently fucked.
right? And, and it's like, well, you know, it's only a little town. It's only a little town in uh, Ohio. Eh, it'll bounce back. Uh, so what? It's only 5,000 people. Look what happened with Katrina and all the people that had to relocate during Katrina. Wow, now that's a real disaster. Hundreds of thousands of people, lives affected, right? You know, this is a big deal. Because these people have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to go. They get $1,000, which is, you know, pardon my language, fucking McDonald's money. And the, the results that are coming in from this, the receipts are terrible. You know, we've seen images of fish floating belly up dead in the rivers. The, the, the variety, the cocktail of these chemicals, polyvinyl chloride, benzene, I mean, all of these just intense, toxic, toxic chemicals. They were, they were all exploded and dispersed into the air. We'll get, in, we'll get into how they decided to deal with this thing. Media clampdown, media lockdown, no coverage. And then you have these, these, uh, you know, these errand boys for Norfolk Southern running around giving people $1,000 checks just to be quiet. Let's read this a little bit. Oh boy, Northern Southern, Norfolk Southern spokesman told Cleveland.com Friday afternoon that residents would not be giving up future rights. So just by taking the thousand dollars, they're saying, well, if you want to sue us, you're 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 not abdicating your right to sue us. O'Shea said, but later they started offering affected individuals a thousand thousand dollars per person as an inconvenience fee so what, what are we talking about uh five thousand people thousand dollars what is that five hundred thousand dollars is that what that is that's nothing to receive a check the resident has to sign a form o'Shea said and he believes that norfolk southern could use that form in the future to claim that's payment in full for everything. So we're in, you know, the foggy bottom here. Norfolk Southern spokesman Connor Spielmaker said $1,000 checks are part of the initial phase of compensation for residents affected by the derailment that recipients are not signing away any rights to future claims. He also said the company is not going door to door offering payments and warns against scammers who might be doing so that the railroad is reaching out proactively to businesses. So this is kind of the Ivy Lee Ledbetter PR protocol, kind of. Residents are being helped through Norfolk Southern's Family Assistance Center and Family Assistance Center hotline. He said, and so far, the railroad has provided financial assistance to more than 1,200 people. O'Shea said he wants a crystal clear written agreement from Norfolk Southern that the payments do not limit future claims. Until then, he's telling residents not to accept the checks. And if they have, not to cash them, even if it's tempting to do so. Some of these people are very economically vulnerable, he said. O'Shea said his firm, Lipson O'Shea Legal Group, represents about 20 to 30 residents of the East Palestine area 
and that he and another lawyer met with a number of them on Wednesday. The crisis in and around East Palestine, south of Youngstown, and near the Pennsylvania line developed after a 50-car train, including some forest containing vinyl chloride, derailed and caught fire. Residents are concerned that exposure to vinyl chloride vapors will lead to health problems. It's not just vinyl chloride. But, um, O'Shea said, but they are also worried about contamination that may have occurred to homes, soil, and streams. It, this is terrible, really terrible. This could go down as one of the great American disasters. One of his clients said he is trying to sell her house, but now believes it is unsellable for the time being. While another client, a farmer, is worried that nobody will buy his corn. O'Shea said there was a latency period of vinyl chloride, which means related health problems may not occur for many years down the road. Remember, fat cells store a lot of this stuff, right? And over time, fat cells can be released into the bloodstream. Lipson O'Shea Legal Group is working with Motley Rice, the noted plaintiff's litigation firm, said O'Shea, who is also the part-time law director for Rocky River, Motley Rice. This is just a clusterfuck. Now, of course, some of you are aware of the fact that um, there's, been a, there's been a media blackout on this, an absolute media blackout. And here's a YouTube video of uh, a reporter getting arrested. I'm going to play this. This is a reporter getting arrested. I'm going to put on the headphones because I want to hear what, what's going on here. Here they go, they're moving in, right? Here comes the muscle. That's not the muscle, though. She's not the muscle. She's part of the hustle. Uh, that's the muscle, right? This guy's the muscle. This guy's probably got some Krav Maga skills, right? They're going to they're gonna put this guy right here in a very compromising position very quickly. Here we go. Here comes more muscle. Now they're moving them out, right? Oh, interesting glitch there. You guys, this is bad. This is bad. Oh my God. You guys, this is bad. Stop. Stop this. Stop this. Oh, look, she's getting her licks in. This is 
is what it's like to be okay. a black reporter. Evan, I'm so great. sorry. Evan, I'm sorry. Thank you, Sia. Roll over, sir. Roll over, sir. At that point, at that point, would you fucking roll over? I mean, at that point, would you roll over? And look at these guys. What are they? State troopers? And they're just there to enable the whole thing. He's just going to roll over. All right. Thank you very much. Can someone help me? Yeah. And I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Doing a live shot gets you arrested in the I got arrested because I was trying to do a live report about what people need to know. And he's been here all week. You can't do this to Wow. 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 This is this is what happens when empires collapse. This is exactly what this is indicative of. You know, we are we are witnessing the collapse of empire. It's happening now. This is horrible. Who are these people? Let's look at the notes. The governor made a statement condemning this, yet no action is taken against the four tyrant cops. I've worked with Evan at News Nation. This guy's from News Nation. I was head of the social media team, and he's the sweetest person on earth, like literally so kind. And willing to go the extra mile as a journalist. If me or my team ever asked for anything, he got it done on top of his TV duties. This is gross. Criminal trespassing, what, reporters? When is reporting a news conference, a trespassing crime? That's a public building, by the way. Looks like that was a school gymnasium. That's a public building. Well, let's see. What else here? This is terrible. Um, anything else here in the com comments that's remotely enlightening? Pops and green shirts, interesting color choice, isn't it? Green. Lawsuit, 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 sue every single one of them, including the state. The state troopers were embarrassing. So why was he put under arrest for reporting? That's basically it. Wow. This is why YouTubers started auditing more than 10 years ago. There's some truth to that. Actually, I'm just looking through the comments here. Um, this is another comment. What I witnessed is what happens in totalitarian countries. Tyrant police do what they like because they bear no personal responsibility for their actions. They have qualified immunity protecting them. That's true, by the way. Here's another comment. East Palestine Mayberry Police, according to their website, 
has nine officers. Hope they have good insurance for false arrest, as well as the sheriff department. Otherwise, no more funding when News Nation is done with them. All need written and publicly reprimanded, need to be written uh, and publicly reprimanded by the governor's office and attorney general, who will most likely dismiss any charges next week. All overreacted and all was caught on video. Nothing will happen to those people. Nothing will happen. This happens to reporters in Russia and China. It's not supposed to happen in Ohio, but it did. Every cop there is acting like a tyrant and needs to be punished. And this is really bad. I mean, everything about this is just, it just stinks to high heaven. So they made a business decision with the train to uh, blow up the cars. Release these clouds of benzene, polyvinyl chloride, and all these other highly, highly toxic ingredients into the atmosphere versus letting them leach out into the groundwater. They'll eventually make their way to the groundwater, but they're hoping they can just dump it into the sky and it will be dispersed over a wider area. I mean, look, what do you do in a situation like that? Probably what they did. They got to clear the track. Again, this is something that Benito shared with me last night, right? This is time, right? They're, they're on the clock. They got to they clear the track. So they're going to do what they need to do in order to clear the track. This is just one derailment. We have one in South Carolina, one in Tennessee, uh, one in Splendora, Houston. I'm sorry, Splendora, Texas, just out, outside of Houston. And there have been a bunch of other derailments this year alone, some of which have gone way under the radar, one in California, one in Alaska. So we have all these trains now being derailed. Now, are they all part of uh, the same phenomenon? I don't know. I think you could make a case that in some cases, there could be foul play. Why was that wheel on fire? You know, why was there slippage? Was it just, you know, a malfunctioning piece of equipment? Or was there something much more nefarious here? that took place. Industrial sabotage happens all the time. Now they knew that it was on fire. You know, the hot box read it, but they couldn't stop the train. And even if they tried to stop the train, it would probably take almost to get to East Palestine to stop it. And these people are under serious pressure to get to where they're going and the, you know and again when we get to the end of empire these things are part of the symptom they're the symptoms of of this kind of bloated and rotted and diseased corpse you know there is a period of time where 
people actually took pride in their work. There was a period of time where there was more oversight than there is now. We've always had to deal with um, industrial chaos. It's the nature of the beast. Things are going to go wrong. People are going to miss things. Right? It could be as easy as somebody not, you know, attaching a washer to something, and eventually that thing's going to grind down. And it's going to it's going to impact whatever form of machinery. Somebody could. Um, not replace an old circuit breaker or you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just that minor. And then the next thing you know, there's a catastrophe. But there was a time where there was a lot more oversight than what we have now. So let's go back two years. Let's go back to COVID. And I've talked about this in terms of um, things like what happened with Southwest Airlines and the, the the systems associated with Southwest Airlines. And, you know, I think I pretty much nailed that. You know, also with um, uh, the uh, Flight Transportation and Safety Board, right? So you have these legacy systems that are created on um, older platforms. COBOL, Fortran, you know, other, other computer languages that are just not in use anymore. And you, you have a number of people who built those systems that are still around. They're like my age. You know, they, they got into the computer world in the, in the like late seventies and early eighties and building the automation of these systems Right. And they're, you know, they're 60, 61 and 62. You know, a lot of people that are born like in the late 50s, early 60s are building this shit. And COVID comes along and they're being forced to take the job and they're just not going to do it. They look at what's on the table in terms of their retirement. They're just not going to do it. They're like, no, no, thanks. I'm going to tap out. So you have a group of people tapping out and they're being, if they're being replaced, and that's a big if, if they're being replaced, who are they being replaced by? They're being replaced by people that don't know the shit. Educated on completely different platforms, different computer languages, different systems. So one of the reasons um, why Benito has a lot of time to do a lot of research is because that's what happened with him. They were theoretically forcing him to get the jab. And he said, no, he and a bunch of other guys were deferred during that time. And a lot of them opted out and he was there for 10 years. And he said, I'm out. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking what I put into the system. So you have a lot of people in the railroad world who walked away. And now we have a bunch of things happening with railroads. Do you, do you think that that's not a coincidence, right? You have a bunch of people tapping out, saying, no, thank you. They're undermanned, overworked. And if they have replacements, they're clearly 
green and inexperienced and not qualified. So factor in the human error part based upon the fact that the system squeezed out qualified people, long-time, long-term veterans who generally took pride in their work. They're gone. And now you got a bunch of railway accidents. Go figure, right? And then when you have a system that's vulnerable like that, where there's less oversight, more people being overworked, more hours, lower morale, guess what else you have the, the potential for? Industrial sabotage. You just don't have the bodies to make sure that everything is tight and copacetic. So if you're of a conspiratorial mind, clearly it gets a lot easier to affect these systems when there are less people and less qualified people manning them. There's just more variables that can come into play. So on the one hand, what we're witnessing is the, the breaking down of the system, right? We, we're coming to the end of empire. Trains were what built this country. You know, you had trains that were able to get from one part of the country to the other and dropping off supplies and goods along the way, which allowed, you know, the plain states to actually build up, you know, unlike the coastal states, which were always going to have plenty of goods coming to them through the ports. That was never a problem. But it was the trains that were able to build places like Dallas, Texas, and Oklahoma City, and Topeka, Kansas, you know, Denver, Colorado, Des Moines, Iowa, well, Chicago is on a, a waterway, so we're not going to include Chicago. You know what I'm saying, right? San Antonio. Phoenix. Tucson. All trains. So the trains are literally the, 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 the circulatory system of the country, right? That's what the trains represent. And it's almost parallel to things like clots. Now we have these, these, these breakdowns, right? On the circulatory system of the country. And these clot-like clot clot -like effects of what's happening here. So it's really, I mean, we're, we're witnessing something very, very important. And I haven't even gotten into the aerial shit right? All this UAP stuff, and they keep changing the names. UFO, UAP, um, these fighter jets shooting down these unidentified. Listen, they're not shooting down UFOs. I can guarantee you that. They're not shooting down UFOs. Whatever a UFO is, whether it's from this world or, or some other world. You know, I went back and I watched um, the Joe Rogan interview with Bob Lazar. It's a two-hour interview. You can see it in full on YouTube. It's a really good interview. And I was actually quite impressed with Brogan during that interview. Like, he was able to put some things together that were, I think, um, really very thought-provoking. Like, Joe had gotten a download. And I, I don't always sing Joe Rogan's praises, but he was really good with this interview. And um, Lazar's story is really interesting. And one of the things 
that um, they talk about is this UFO tech that Bob Lazar was brought into work on only six months. But one of the things that he, that he talked about is they had this, this orb and every time he got his hand close to the orb, the orb would push his hand away. Right. They, and so their job was to somehow like back engineer what this orb was doing, like the, the energy that it was putting off. And there was a, you know, they got into discussion, like, well, how did they find this thing? Like, where did it come from? And the, the, the general consensus from Lazar was that it came out of some kind of archeological dig that they found it. And there were, there were more than one. They found about nine of these things. And they were actually able to also connect it into this idea that they're propulsion systems. So this shit had to come from somewhere, right? And if it's that advanced, and according to Lazar, it's very, very advanced stuff. Um, and they may have been able to uh, replicate or back engineer some of it to have some version of a craft. If you think about the the original engineers and architects of whoever put this together were, it's very, very dubious that an F-35 could track it and knock it out of the airspace, right? The whole Tic Tac video. Think about think about an airplane trying to target a tick one of the tic tac object in that video. There's no fucking way they could do that. There's no way whatsoever. Impossible. It's just operating at a different law of physics and speed. So when you read these um, news drops, oh yeah, they shot down another object. Well, what did they shoot down? really so now we've got this whole other like theater being introduced which for lack of a better term is going to be the et theater we talked about this a long time ago long time ago you know it was when we were talking about covid it's like well what's next it's got to be the et thing we've had just about everything else and sure enough here we are. I, I remember talking about it. And then I think it was like two or three nights later, Tucker Carlson is doing one of his little rants on it. It's like, oh, that's interesting. So here we are. We're 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 in the, the end game of the Werner von Braun theater, right? The Werner von Braun timeline, which is the staged alien invasion. That's where we are. So now we have discussions about Project Blue Beam. Like that's in the air, that's in the atmosphere, as well as these absolutely horrific toxic clouds and moving into the groundwater. This is really bad stuff in East Palestine. I don't, I don't really I don't want to gloss over it. You know, there was a report where somebody took their dog out to take a pee and the dog died. I mean, literally just 
you know, there, there's this release of these deep, deep, deep toxins that are going to be ongoing. This is a, this is a ticking time bomb that's just going to continue to release into the environment. It's going to be really interesting to see if um, the imposter in chief actually addresses this. I'm wondering if somebody like Peter Ducey or, you know, the angry African uh, will bring this up to Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre and ask her to comment on it. That'll be interesting. Where is the state of emergency here? Hello? Where is the state of emergency? Like, even the governor of the state hasn't declared a fucking state of emergency. From, from my understanding, he hasn't done any of that. I haven't seen it, and I could be wrong. Here, let's do a quick check. Let's find out. Should, shouldn't be that hard. Let's see. Nope. Nope. I'm not seeing it. Nope. I'll show you. Um, I'd love to know how much uh, the railroad companies gave to Mike DeWine's uh, or Devine or whatever his name is, his re-election fund. People's Action, regional groups demand Governor DeWine request federal aid in response to tri-state chemical disaster. River Valley organized and a neighboring community organizing groups in the tri-state area released the statements below in regard to the train derailment on the Ohio-Pennsylvania state line. Groups are urging Ohio Governor Mike DeWine to request an emergency declaration from President Biden so that federal relief can be used to address regional calamity. They have also created a petition asking people to demand Governor DeWine submit the emergency declaration request as soon as possible. So where are we? We're a week out, and this guy hasn't done anything. Nothing. Like, where is his statement on any of this? This is ridiculous. This is what happens. This is what happens when, you know, we reach the, the end of the line, right? I mean, think of even the metaphor of a train reaching the end of the line. This is what happens when you each reach the end of the line with the empire. Pluto, 29 degrees Capricorn. We're going to have a moment here 
coming up pretty soon. What is it, March 25th? Pluto goes into Aquarius, like sticking your head in the microwave. That's going to be interesting, right? I mean, we're getting, we're getting some sense here. Whenever you get to the end of a sign, you're getting signals to where things are headed. And we're starting to see them now. When, we, when you drop into Pluto and Aquarius world, things get really fucking crazy. You're dealing with things like the air, right? We have these clouds now, clouds of benzene, polyvinyl chloride, strange formations of clouds forming just prior to earthquakes in places like Turkey. The sky itself becomes this kind of ever-changing mosaic of high strange. That's where we see the signs. The signs of the times are in the sky with Pluto and Aquarius. And then the random, the train wrecks, the derailments, things happening that are inexplainable, right? These Aquarian kinds of, you know, thunder strikes that enter into our consciousness, either on the collective level or in our personal lives. These, it's gonna, I'm telling you, man, Pluto and Aquarius is gonna be so fucking bizarre. You think you've seen strange? You haven't seen strange yet. Um, Yacht Boy, AKA Johnny, uh, sent me a little reminder about Terrence McKenna, which is where we started. And I talked about my friend um, Lee. And Terrence McKenna has his time wave zero algorithm, which he takes the I Ching and matches it up against these cycles in time and history. And we're in the post-historical time, post-2012. And, you know, in, in, in uh, McKenna's world, the closer we get to the event horizon and the strange attractor at the end of time, the weirder things get. And that's just going to be par for the course with Pluto and Aquarius. It's not going to be business as usual. And whenever you have chaos in the air, there are people that are more than happy and willing to take advantage of the chaos. Ordo ab chow, chaos out of order. This is how the game is played, right? Or, or order out of chaos, my bad. So it's only going to get weirder. And for some of you who are used to high strange, weird sinks, well, guess what? you're about to enter into the fucking Disneyland of that world. I was revisiting uh, the movie Knowing. I just did it before the show started and I played the trailer. It's kind of the territory we're entering into. If, you, if you're not aware of the movie Knowing, it was, I believe, directed by Alex Proyas who directed uh, Dark City and iRobot. And it starts off at the beginning of the movie with Nicolas Cage and his kids, and they're out of school, and they um, unearth this time capsule. And it was put in the ground 50 years before. And part of the time capsule is this strange piece of paper with all these numbers on it. And Nicolas Cage begins to decode these numbers. 
and he finds that these numbers correlate to disasters in the world. And he's able to see into the future. It's a kind of an amazing movie. Um, and one of the things that comes about are a jet crash and a subway crash. And he's actually able to sort of alter reality a little bit by knowing that there's going to be a, a wreck on this subway. Um, and he's actually able to save some people. But at the end, I don't want to give away the ending. The end is disturbing and sad in a lot of ways. Um, and, it, and, it, and it does have to deal with these uh, extraterrestrial intelligences or, you know, extraterrestrial intelligence that isn't making these things happen, but observing what's happening and then ultimately inserts itself into uh, the equation. And I'm not going to say anything more. It, the movie's worth watching if you haven't seen Knowing. We're kind of entering into that territory. So just lots of high strange. I mean, even last night, you know, I found out that somebody that I that I know, right? And really, really good person. You know, this has nothing to do with with uh, Pat, King Pat and Lisa. I found out this person just died, right? Died. I'm like, you got, wow, I know this person. Really good person. An Aquarian, by the way. You know, so shout out to Adrian and the uh, Solutions crew because uh, shocking, shocking departure. And there's more to the story than just that. More to the story than just that. And I, at some point, I'll tell, I'll talk more about it. I don't, I don't really want to talk about it now. But, it, but it has to do with um, I'll use the word charlatans charlatans in the healing space I'm just going to leave that there so buckle up we're in for a ride and when Pluto moves into Aquarius in March again I believe it's March 25th um it's like sticking your head in a portal or a microwave. And, and we have this very strange glimpse into what's coming. And then it shuts down again. And we're back into this other weird timeline where we're watching more collapse and uh, more chaos and more high strange. Until so finally we're, we're birthed into this new era coming in 2024, which is unprecedented in a lot of ways all right um i hope i was able to shed some insight into this and looking at it from this perspective of the end of empire pluto in, in capricorn in the final degrees right the impacts on the workforce that have been absolutely decimated by this whole covid thing and the replacements, if there are even any replacements at all, of people less qualified and less committed to the job at hand. And some of this being a result of that. And some of it also being in the realm of variable. And when there's variables involved, there's vulnerability. 
and the system can be gamed, the system can be attacked easily from within. And the carotid arteries of America's transport system, the trains, indicative of other physical realities taking place, not just in the body of this republic, but inside the body of the people or the bodies of the people inside this republic. All right, normally I like to leave you with something positive, and I will. Just remember, we are, we are moving into an inverted reality. So when you see somebody like those clowns in East Palestine arrest that guy, just wait for the fallout, wait for the inverted effect of that. When you try to control during a period like this, in that kind of blatant way, it will backfire on you. Absolutely backfire. So just keep your high beams on and watch how some of this stuff unfolds. All right. Thanks. I'll be back tomorrow. 9-11 uh, here, Astro Weather over on YouTube at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. Use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart to step what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. For myself and the missing Jasper, we wish you a very blessed day and be grateful for uh, what you have in your life and um, work from that place. That's your ground zero. Gratitude is ground zero. Bye for now.